Welcome to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast, hosted by former Army ROTC Professor of Military Science, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Rob Kirkland. In these episodes, we explore how to best prepare yourself to obtain one of these valuable scholarships Hi, for those applicants who wish to attend a college or university and become officers in the military. The application process can be complex and to talk about this podcast works Civil Air Patrol to make it more understandable. And now, who I have here today is my scholarship podcast is Lieutenant Colonel John Lorenz. John is a 40-year member of Civil Air Patrol. He currently serves as a director of cadet programs for the Delaware Wing, overseeing the education and training of over 150 cadets in seven squadrons. His wife and one of his daughters are also longtime CAP members. He works as a software in- engineer for J.P. Morgan Chase in Newark, Delaware. John, it's great to uh, have you uh, on the uh, podcast here today. It's great to talk to you, Rob. Yeah. Well, John, you know, we're, uh, you know, we go back a long way. We were high school classmates in Colony, New York, and we were both uh, Civil Air Patrol uh, cadets in high school. And I know that for both you and I, that was a, a formative experience in our life being in Civil Air Patrol. It definitely was. It was so formative that even after all these years, now 40 years, I'm still a member of Civil Air Patrol and still having a great time. Yeah, I know that, you know, that you, you know, have, you know, been so dedicated to this volunteer organization, which is an auxiliary of the United States Air Force for such a long time. And I, there's, I don't think there, I would have gone into the military unless I had uh, been introduced to Civil Air Patrol. A, a high school classmate of mine uh, introduced me to it. And I believe that you might have learned about it through me or maybe through somebody, maybe one of our high school classmates, too. So both of us, this experience that we had in high school being cadets uh, made such an impact on both of our lives. And uh, the life of my daughter. I have two daughters, and one of which was also a Civil Air Patrol cadet. And neither she nor I decided to go the military route, but uh, she and I both value our cadet experience very highly, and uh, it's definitely given us a lot of life lessons and and prepared us for many things in, in life. Yeah, and I'm looking forward in this uh, podcast, John, to kind of get in into uh, those uh, kind of questions. And I know you've encouraged me to uh, maybe consider now that I'm you know retired from the Army, maybe to go back and be a volunteer for Civil Air Patrol again. And, and I'm seriously, I'm considering going back there and, and doing that and contributing again to, to an organization that has had such an impact on both of our lives. Uh, so, uh, you know, really why we're kind of talking about this today is to uh, give our listeners uh, an idea of what Civil Air Patrol is and why it's important for someone who's considering the ROTC scholarship. You know, I can tell you, you know, that the uh, people who evaluate people for scholarships for ROTC, meaning, you know, the the uh, officers in the Army, Navy, and Air Force do take uh, the experience of Civil Air Patrol very seriously when they consider uh, somebody for the scholarship. The Air Force used to give points if you had Civil Air Patrol experience mm-hmm. and consider that part of the military propensity portion of the scholarship evaluation they have. Army ROTC has actually points on the interview if you have reached the Billy Mitchell level of Civil Air Patrol. 
And the uh, Navy, while they don't have any criteria uh, for Civil Air Patrol, consider it very highly. And so uh, all three services, ROTC uh, scholarship programs, really weigh Civil Air Patrol heavily. And I believe, you know, when they, when when our listeners get done with this podcast, I think they'll understand why, given what, you know, you'll tell them about, our, about uh, Civil Air Patrol and what I uh, have experienced too in my time in high school. With that, what I'd like to do, John, is uh, first um, tell me a little bit of, uh, about yourself, you know, your experiences. I actually got involved in Civil Air Patrol because of my father. He was a pilot in Civil Air Patrol back in the 50s and 60s, even before I was born. And around 79, 1980 or so, he started getting Flying Magazine to be nostalgic. And I started looking at it, and I'm like, hey, this looks pretty cool. And I had heard about Civil Air Patrol, knew that they flew, knew there was a cadet program. And I'm like, hey, why don't you take me up to Civil Air Patrol? And I heard all about the various things that Civil Air Patrol did, and I was interested in not just flying, but I was interested in all of it. I have went through the cadet program served as a senior member, which we, we call the adult members in Civil Air Patrol. We call them senior members. Uh, I served as a senior member, moved to Delaware in uh, 1994, and I've been very active in Civil Air Patrol as my family has grown and my kids have grown up. Uh, I've been involved in CAP all these years as well. So it's it's been a lot of fun. I've had many experiences that I'll continue to tell you about over the course of the podcast. But uh, Sometimes becoming a senior member is a little daunting, a little scary. I'm like, well, there's no more fun being a senior member. It's all the fun is in the cadet program. Well, let me tell you something. I'm still having fun after 40 years. Yeah, it's uh, there's so much uh, opportunity in Civil Air Patrol, not just for the cadets, but for senior members also. And so um, that kind of goes into my next question, you know, because you know, obviously we we're a few minutes into the podcast, and we're we've been uh, talking about how much this organization has impacted both of us, uh, which has been tremendous. <clears throat> I guess for people who don't know about Civil Air Patrol, can you give us a brief overview of what Civil Air Patrol is in general? As you said of yourself a minute ago, Civil Air Patrol is the auxiliary of the United States Air Force. We are a civilian, volunteer, nonprofit organization. We started in uh, the World War II time. Actually, it was formed six days before the attack of Pearl Harbor, December 1st, 1941. As the country was preparing for war, there were a bunch of pilots who had their own planes who couldn't meet the military requirements, but still wanted to help out. And Civil Air Patrol actually formed the Coastal Patrol along the Atlantic coast and uh, monitored for uh, German submarines that were attacking the shipping lanes along the East Coast. And so Civil Air Patrol provided a uh, military response uh, during World War II, but that's not the reality of Civil Air Patrol today. That's how we got started but as the years progressed, we are now a civilian benevolent organization that has three main missions. The first is emergency services, uh, which includes things like search and rescue. We look for missing aircraft. Uh, we look for missing people. Uh, disaster relief, uh, such as in hurricanes, earthquakes, floods, forest fires. Uh, we will do uh, whatever is necessary to help the government prepare its response, where we do aerial photography, aerial reconnaissance, and um, 
Also, general services like we'll take equipment and food and supplies to necessary areas, but we do a lot of damage assessment work for for the governments. Uh, We also do in some states, we do work for the EPA, we do work for the departments of transportation, uh, et cetera, et cetera, in various capacities based on what the needs of those particular states are. So the emergency services aspect of Civil Air Patrol gives not only adults, but teenagers a real-life way to serve their community in, a, in an actual way. So this is not just for our adult members. This is definitely for our cadet members as well. And we provide training and certification that becomes very valuable and necessary. Our second mission of Civil Air Patrol is the aerospace education. Both of our members, especially our cadets, but also of the general public. Civil Air Patrol supplies aviation-related educational materials to schools and also has some school programs, both in middle schools and in even in some elementary schools as well. The third mission of Civil Air Patrol is the one that I've been very involved with uh, for most all my time, and that's the cadet program. The cadet program is for ages 12 uh, and up. You can remain a cadet until your 21st birthday, and it is a military-style program where the cadets wear the Air Force uniforms with Civil Air Patrol insignia, and they go through a military-style program of leadership training, aerospace education, physical fitness, emergency services, character development, and many, many more activities as they progress through the program. They, there is opportunity for cadets to fly. There's opportunities for cadets to learn to fly. We even now have a new program that we are taking cadets fully paid our, by CAP from their first flight all the way to getting their private pilot's license because there is a great shortage of pilots in the Air Force and they also in the uh, commercial aviation uh, companies like uh, United and Southwest, uh, they're all looking for pilots, and there's a great shortage right now. So we're trying to help fulfill the dreams of young cadets who want to fly and also fulfill the needs of the military and uh, commercial aviation. So, again, emergency services, aerospace education, and the cadet program are the three main missions of Civil Air Patrol. That's an awesome uh, review, John, of Civil Air Patrol and what it's all about. You know, as you, you can see, I mean, it's pretty a fantastic organization. It has a real uh, live mission, you know, the emergency services mission. I remember when I was in Hawaii uh, as a second lieutenant mm-hmm. uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, uh, they had a tsunami mission right. where, you know, there was a tsunamis, uh, you know, like the tidal waves, and they would have uh, the Civil Air Patrol planes with the speakers. And they would be warning the people in on the islands that the tsunamis were coming, you know, so, you know, things like, you know, a downed aircraft, uh, you know, and things like that with, you know, you're mentioning about, you know, the uh, ground teams and, uh, you know, the people in the, in the aircraft looking for, you know, the downed aircraft, all of those things are just uh, shows you, uh, you know, the real life mission of Civil Air Patrol uh, that, you know, I think attracts uh, both cadets and uh, senior members to uh, this program that has such a, a positive impact on people's lives. Right. And and you mentioning the Tsunami Watch in Hawaii just goes to show you how the program is different in each area of the country. We certainly don't have Tsunami Watches here in Delaware Wing, but uh, we do have Coastal Patrol 
Coast Watch, you know, during hurricanes and things like that, or not during the hurricane, but before, and we do before and after photos. Whatever the needs of that particular area are, Civil Air Patrol has been proven many, many times over to be a very cost-effective and effect, uh, effective way to uh, handle those missions. It is uh, much cheaper to have a 172 or 182 uh, flying with two or three volunteer members in it than it would be for a military helicopter to fly with uh, paid military people doing the same job that we could do for a fraction of the cost. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the number of hours that uh, Civil Air Patrol uh, members uh, give of their own free time is just extraordinary. And you're right. I don't think it that cost could ever be, ever be repaid by uh, local, state, or federal government. Right. Yeah. So, John, I mean, you know, it, I, I know, you know, we go back a long way and, you know, with Civil Air Patrol, but, I mean, I just can't, you know, think of a better person to be able to talk about the cadet program than you. I mean, you know, you've done all sorts of different things in Civil Air Patrol. So I just want you to talk briefly about that, but really, you know, spend most of your time talking about your current uh, position as the uh, director of, uh, of cadet programs of the Delaware Wing. So I'm just kind of interested in you and kind of particularly your current position with the Delaware, Delaware Wing. Well, the, the funny thing is that my many years of experience in Civil Air Patrol and the various activities I've led and the various positions I've held carry so much weight in the real life. I actually have a third page to my resume, which focuses just on my Civil Air Patrol experience. Uh, I'm in the IT profession, uh, so the first two pages of my resume focus on my IT experience and my primary work experience. But the third page talks about what Civil Air Patrol has given me how it can relate to a real-world position. So to give you a brief overview of, of my past, I was a deputy cadet commander when I was a cadet. I was, uh, after I became a senior member, I was deputy squadron commander, uh, then squadron commander of the Albany Composite Squadron, which unfortunately no longer exists, but uh, we remember it well. Uh, that's where Rob and I got together back in the, back in the day. Uh, after I got married, uh, my wife joined, and she and I joined our the group level, which is the next level higher from the squadron. And uh, we did uh, public affairs. We did a newsletter, and we worked with all the squadrons in the Albany, New York area to uh, develop public affairs plans and, and how to deal with the press and, and do recruiting and that kind of thing. Then I moved to Delaware in 1994, had many positions starting with the squadron, and then uh, I went to the wing level, which the wing level in Civil Air Patrol is the state level. So there's 52 wings in Civil Air Patrol. So with the Delaware wing, I've spent most of my time, uh, had many positions. Uh, this is actually my second tour of duty as, as director of cadet programs. I've been director of professional development, director of public affairs. I've been the chief of staff. I've been the vice wing commander. And I even back in 2011 went back to the squadron level and commanded uh, the Middletown Cadet Squadron for three and a half years here in Delaware. But what I always seem to do is focus on the cadets. No matter what position I am, there's always been a direct connection with the Civil Air Patrol cadets and me. As a matter of fact, funny story, one time I was uh, at Toastmasters and I was given the topic 
who would you want to be stuck in an elevator with and why? And my answer was Civil Air Patrol cadets because they have so much energy, they have so many great ideas, and they're awesome people. So as a director of cadet programs, I have the uh, the great uh, fortune to direct and guide the seven squadrons in the Delaware wing on their cadet program. I've helped them to make sure that they meet all their requirements for curriculum, including leadership, aerospace education, character development, etc. And I help administer the program at the wing level, meaning that we in conjunction with Maryland and and the National Capital Wing, which is D.C., we do what we call the tri-wing encampment. And so I work with them to plan that encampment. I'm not quite as involved in that as some other people are, but but coordinating our uh, cadets applying and and making sure they get scholarship money and that kind of thing is is part of what I do. And then I also oversee the what we call the Cadet Advisory Council, which cadets from uh, all the all of the squadrons in the wing meet together, and then the, each of the wings have representatives that meet at the region level, and then the region meet at the national level. And the, it's a way for the cadets to have a great influence on the cadet program. What things do they see that they could improve? Are there certain activities they want to see? Are there certain rules that they want changed? This is the way for them to affect their cadet program. Yeah, that's awesome, John. I mean, it's um, sounds like there's just a lot of um, different things that, you know, the cadets can do. You mentioned this Cadet Advisory Council, and it's really uh, great, I think, that the cadets are involved in their own planning, their own activities and, and the things that they do within uh, Civil Air Patrol. So I think, you know, I think that probably uh, people, you know, the people listening to this podcast are wondering, okay, well, let's talk now about the cadet program itself. Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the various parts of the cadet program, uh, you know, the the uh, physical fitness, the, you know, the uh, aerospace education, uh, things like that. So uh, my next question to you is, uh, you know, what You've talked a little bit about the CAP Cadet Program. Let's go into a little bit more depth. What does it involve? What's the time commitment for uh, people who are you know twelve years and, and and older? I mean, what what can they expect if they you know come to a Civil Air Patrol uh, squadron to become a member of uh, as a cadet? Well, our main focus of Civil Air Patrol Cadet Program is to develop leaders. Some people join Civil Air Patrol, like my daughter. She wasn't really interested in the military. She wasn't really interested in flying. I mean, she likes those things, but she didn't see that for her life. The reason why she loves Civil Air Patrol so much is because of the leadership opportunity and experience that it gave her. We, You just mentioned how the cadets plan their a lot of their own meetings, and that's really the point. This is a cadet-run program. Yes, there are adults overseeing it, guiding it. But the role of the adults are to step back and let the cadets run the program, let the cadets make mistakes if, if, if necessary, and let the cadets succeed, and let the cadets be, get a real-life example of how to be a leader uh, of people, and then even be a leader of leaders. Our cadet program starts at – there's four phases to the cadet program, and it starts in what we call the follower phase, phase one, where the cadet learns to be part of a team, be a, a, a follower and understands what leadership is, and and even though he's not a leader yet, uh, he or she learns their place in, in the group. And then in phase two, we start to 
tell them, teach them how to lead others, especially like in military drill or marching. The cadets do a lot of marching. And so that's a great way for them to learn how to give commands, to to build up their leadership experience and, and confidence and give them the opportunity to have an effect on others. Then in phase three, they actually become uh, flight commanders. And, and uh, rather than just leading the flight, the flight meaning uh, uh, not flying, but the flight in terms of a group of people, uh, rather than just leading them in drill and marching, it actually is more of a, a real leadership guiding the, the direction that the flight uh, of people go and being there to really mentor and guide them. And then the fourth phase, we call it the executive phase, and that's when the cadets get to mentor those leaders, where the cadets at, in, in phase four get the chance to be at the executive level and become the cadet commander of the squadron and guide where the squadron as a whole is going to go in terms of what types of activities they're going to do and what type of training they want to give. So there are many different activities in Civil Air Patrol, some of which we've touched on and many of which we haven't yet. There's so much to Civil Air Patrol that we could talk for two or three hours about that. But to give a brief overview of some of the other things, um, once a cadet is in phase one or two, they will go to what we call an encampment. I mentioned this. We do this with the Tri-Wing encampment in Maryland, D.C., and Delaware. And during this encampment, it's a one-week time where a cadet lives on a military installation 24 hours a day, has to do the kind of basic training kind of things like shine your shoes, make your bed perfectly, have everything all set up properly. But it's not really quite with the intensity of real live uh, military basic training, but it's kind of a, a, a taste of what it's like. But there's also a lot of fun activities. There's uh, you know obstacle courses, repelling. The Tri-Wing encampment also has a weapon simulator where it's uh, – that you get to shoot at a, a computer screen. It's really, really cool with M16s modified for with laser scopes and and not real bullets, but uh, it's all computerized. Right, and right. And then, mm-hmm. and then, uh, as I said, obstacle course. And then we also get the cadets a chance to fly in the military aircraft. And what aircraft you fly kind of depends upon what's available to you in that area. Like, for example, when you and I were cadets, we, we had our encampment at Plattsburgh Air Force Base, and we probably both got to fly in a KC-135 refueling plane. And nowadays, here in the, the Delaware, Maryland area, our cadets get to fly in C-17s. They'll get to fly in uh, Huey helicopters and, and other things like that based on whatever is available in in the area. Once a cadet finishes the encampment, he or she becomes eligible for what we call National Cadet Special Activities, where the cadet can go to an activity at various parts of the country uh, and learn how to fly an airplane or how to fly a glider if they're old enough. Um, Actually, glider, you have to be 14. In an airplane, you have to be 16. Then there's uh, leadership academies. There's aviation and engineering academies. And we also have what I call the granddaddy of them all, and that's the International Air Cadet Exchange. And that's for some of our top cadets. You have to be 17 years old and at least be a cadet captain for that. And that's when we send you to another country for two weeks. And I had the honor of going to Japan for two weeks to escort uh, some of our Civil Air Patrol and also Canadian cadets to a trip to Japan. And my daughter got to go on the program as well. She went to Canada. And 
it's it's a wonderful experience. So something to shoot for for a cadet. Yeah, that that's um, awesome. Um, I was selected to go to Turkey, you know, when I was a senior in high school, but uh, I went to uh, the academy uh, instead, um, you know, when uh, in the summer. So my cadet career ended when uh, I was uh, when I was a senior in high school. But, uh, you know, the the parallels are very interesting that you talk about this follower phase and then culminating in the executive phase. You know, the uh, ROTC program that, that I ran at, the Army ROTC program, and I think Air Force is certainly the same way, Navy, has a very similar program over the four years uh, in college. You know, the first year is, you know, Europe, and, and of course, the academies are very similar, too, with, mm-hmm. you know, the freshmen being, uh, you know, in Army ROTC, you for them as MS1s, uh, you know, they do their followers, and then, you know, by the time they become seniors or what we call MS4 cadets, then they would, uh, you know, they're they're the executives, they're the, you know, they're the leaders. So, you know, so Civil Air Patrol in, in high school is paralleling very closely uh, from a leadership development standpoint, what a ROTC cadet is going to experience uh, in their program in college. So the the parallels, I think, between the two are striking. You know, it just brought up a little um, story that uh, I remembered recently. I can't remember the exact question, but we were doing a, a review board for cadets. And we had a fairly young cadet, but a fairly sharp cadet that we were interviewing. And he was asked a leadership question about would he rather have a good leader or a good follower and the answer that he gave was excellent and one of the uh, air force evaluators who was with me said that was a phd leadership class level answer that he gave so the kind of leadership training that our cadets get even at a young age is is really outstanding in the civil air patrol Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the simple things also. I mean, I, I, you know, you talk about all these great activities that cadets uh, go through in civil air patrol and uh, you know, it's just fabulous the number of opportunities that they have, but the simple things, you know, like wear of the uniform, mm-hmm. uh, being able to march around, uh, you know, and learning, you know, drill and ceremony, understanding the rank structure of, the Air Force, you know, which is the same as the Army and uh, the Marine Corps, simple, uh, you know, customs and courtesies, uh, things that, you know, the experiences you can get before you go to an academy or before you go to ROTC, you know, that are just basic things like you mentioned, shining your shoes uh, or, you know, the, all the all the things that are involved there, it, you know, prepares somebody just well for either ROTC, enlisting, or whatever they decide mm-hmm. to do in the military if they decide to go down that route. Right. And it's something that a, a young person can do even in the midst of school, even in the midst of family activities and, and sports. Uh, there certainly is a lot of competition nowadays for, for young people to get involved in a lot of different things. And while the Civil Air Patrol is an organization where you get out of it what you put into it. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. But it still is a place where even if you put some effort into it, you still can get a lot out of it. For example, the squadrons meet tend to meet once a week. Uh, so you go to your normal squadron meeting on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night or whatever, you know, from about 6.30 to 9. Every squadron is a little different what time they meet, where they meet, what, what night of the week they meet on. And so you, you spend your time there, and that's the, the formation 
uh, or the, the formative part of Civil Air Patrol is your weekly squadron meeting. Those squadron meetings go on 12 months a year. So, yeah, that we take a break for a week or two at Christmas and all that kind of thing. And, you know, you might have to miss a week here and there because of family commitments or school commitments. Or you might even be on a Civil Air Patrol activity uh, somewhere else and not be able to make your squadron meeting. And that's fine. But for the commitment of having one or two meetings uh, or one, one meeting a week on a weeknight and then maybe one Saturday a month is on average – uh, you know, a pretty small time commitment that a, a young person has to devote to it. But of course, as I said, the more time you give, the more time, the more benefit you receive out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, with the people that, you know, I work with in, um, you know, trying to get them through the uh, ROTC scholarship and, and, and obviously being successful. Uh, they're doing a lot of different things. They're doing, you know, school work. They're doing, you know, sports, as you say, they're involved in many different activities. And I think the point that you made about how it's one, you know, four hours on one evening uh, during a week and, uh, you know, maybe uh, a little bit of time over the weekend is that, you know, it's not like junior ROTC in high school where, you know, you have to attend classes every day or is going to take a, a huge time commitment uh, from somebody, you know, who is interested in uh, Civil Air Patrol that is not it's a, a a time commitment, but but not one that can't be managed with uh, the other things that they're doing in their lives. Right, and just just to be national, uh, have a national mindset. There are actually places in the country, and Texas is one that comes to mind, where there are Civil Air Patrol units in schools. So it's very Mm -hmm. much more like a junior ROTC program in some places where Civil Air Patrol is actually a class that is taught in school. But those are few and far between at this point. Uh, We don't have any in Delaware, and I couldn't even tell you where the... I think there might be a couple in Maryland uh, is probably the closest ones here, but, but those are still rather rare at this point. Yeah, I mean, and then the, you know, certainly um, the other thing that is, I think, attractive to our listeners is that uh, Civil Air Patrol is almost everywhere in the country. I mean, if you Mm -hmm. take a look at, you know, say Army Junior ROTC or Air Force Junior ROTC, there may be parts of the country where it's not even available, uh, but almost every place in the country is, has a Civil Air Patrol cadet program within driving distance of of where they live. And, And so, where you know in the local area you can usually expect them at, at any at any airport right for the most part our our we have cadet squadrons we have composite squadrons and we have uh senior squadrons the cadet squadrons may or may not meet at an airport because mm-hmm. there it's not a place where it's flying eccentric is flying is part of the program but it's not the center part of the program our senior members often do meet at airports because those are the squadrons where the where the majority of the flying is centered around. Now, of course, there are senior members in cadet programs, so you have to have adults in the in a youth program, and that's that's one thing. But I just wanted to say that uh, even though, like for example, the Middletown Cadet Squadron that I used to be a part of uh, does not meet in an airport, but there is an airport nearby, and there are not pilots in that squadron, but the pilots in the other squadrons do work with the cadets in 
in uh, in the Middletown Squadron to give them uh, orientation flights and other flight training as well. So uh, whether or not the squadron meets at an airport or whether or not there's actually a pilot in the squadron, there's pilots and aircraft nearby so that they can get that kind of experience. There are, um, as you said, it's all across the country, all 50 states, District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, those are our 52 wings. And there's over a thousand units around the country of all of all types. Some the cadet and the composite squadrons are the ones that have cadets. Yep, and there's a there's actually a locator on um, the Civil Air Patrol website that shows you where your uh, where your closest squadron is to your home. Right, it's gocivilairpatrol.com, and there's a link on there that says find a unit, and you put in your zip code, and it'll give you all the list of. Uh, where the lo- local squadrons meet, I would highly recommend you contact the squadron commander uh, or the person co- listed as the contact person for the squadron before you try and go because sometimes a squadron will have a special event and not be meeting at that location that night and they're out doing something you know like touring a, a aircraft hangar in an airport kind of thing you know getting a like you know, when I was a squadron commander we took the cadets up to the DuPont hangar and toured some of their corporate jets which are amazing by the way but so just contact the person to make sure that they're actually meeting that night and some squadrons do have some rules about when they let certain uh, when they let people join, they, some are more on a more regimented schedule that you can join as a group. Where the next time we're allowing people in is X Y Z date, but some squadrons, most squadrons in in the Delaware wing, all of them actually in the Delaware wing will allow you to join at any time. But uh, yeah. every squadron is a little different, so just uh, contact the squadron commander or the contact person before you uh, show up at the meeting. But even if you do just show up, you're welcome to attend. Yeah. So if a person go, can you describe what a typical meeting, uh, like a weekday evening meeting would be in Civil Air Patrol? What what can a cadet, uh, a, a applicant or someone who's interested in Civil Air Patrol and then, be, then becomes a cadet, what can they expect like in a typical meeting during a week that, that they attend a meeting? Right. Well, first of all, when a new prospective cadet comes, hopefully someone will greet them and show them around and introduce them to some people and stay with them during the course of the meeting to explain what's going on. But during the course of the meeting, you would typically have the cadets have opening formation that will uh, fall into their 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 flights and, and report into their cadet commander to say, you know, how many cadets are present and have a briefing as to what the meeting is going to hold. Many times after that, there will be a, a drill s- section where the cadets will be out in the parking lot or on the flight tarmac or whatever their facility is and do some drill training and, and testing and, and that sort of thing. Uh, then usually after that, they'll come into in back into the meeting room and then go ha- and have either a course in aerospace education, leadership, or emergency services, or maybe a guest speaker, or some kind of activity. We have a lot of aerospace-related activities that we also provide. or And also STEM training is also now becoming a huge part of Civil Air Patrol as well. You know, we've got activities in robotics and cyber patriot training and, and that kind of thing. So there's there's many things that could happen. And then usually towards the end of the meeting, there's an administrative portion. Sometimes there might be promotions where cadets will make it to, to the next rank. Um, and then the squadron commander announces what kind of activities there are coming up and tries to drum up some support for that. And then usually 
the squadron meeting lasts two or two and a half hours, and usually around nine o'clock is when they typically end. Yeah, that's great. You mentioned about cadet ranks, and that was one of the things that I always enjoyed about Civil Air Patrol was to, when I was a cadet, was that you work yourself up through the ranks from, um, you know, cadet uh, airmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way up to cadet colonel and uh you know there's tasks you take and and things like that and you you advance through those ranks which is um you know which is i think a great a great thing and one that is always uh you know i i uh, particularly um you know thought was attractive about the the program about you know you mentioned earlier about advancing through the program but the the ranks that you receive and the promotions you get and things like that right and to to give you an idea there, we have 16 what we call achievements from beginning to end, plus a few what we call milestone awards at the end of each phase. So we have a minimum of eight weeks between, even if you have, complete everything for your next rank, you can't rank up until eight weeks after the last time. So it, at bare minimum, it takes three and a half years to get through the entire Civil Air Patrol cadet program. Do, does everybody do that? No. A very small percentage. Rob is actually one of those cadets who did make it all the way through, and he's in the, uh, a group of people that uh, is about half of 1% of our cadets get that far. I got about three-quarters of the way through the program. But even if you make it halfway or three-quarters of the way or one-quarter of the way, there's still a great deal of experience and the ex- great deal of experience that you can get in the CAP program. So there's no there's no pressure to try and make it all the way through, you know. But if you join when you're 12, 13 years old, then you basically have plenty of time to make it through the, the entire program. To get through yeah. one of those achievements, it's typically uh, a leadership test based on a chapter of the leadership book, an aerospace test uh, based on a chapter of the aerospace book, which, by the way, one big change from when you and I were cadets, those cadet, those tests are now online tests that they take at home, open book. Wow. Okay. But they do have only 30 minutes to complete it, and you still have to get an 80. Um, so it, you still have to kind of read through the chapter at least once. But there's also – we we provide help for cadets who have trouble with that. And then there's also a physical fitness requirement and a, a character development requirement where you have to just have – attended one of the character development sessions within the last couple of months. Right. Yeah, John, I mean, I think the uh, a lot of our listeners are probably going to be sophomores or juniors in high school, uh-huh. you know, since they're interested in in the ROTC scholarship. Uh, we may have some younger listeners or, or their parents. But I think the key that you mentioned is that if a, if a person, let's just say they're a junior in high school, uh, and have you seen people join that late? And and and, I, and I'm assuming they've got a lot out of the program in in the short time that they were in that, right? So Definitely. you would encourage, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I'd also encourage your 16, 17 year old listeners to talk to their 12 and 13 year old brother and sisters and get them involved now. But for the 16, 17 year old that join Civil Air Patrol, are they going to make it all the way to the spots exam, which is which is all the way through the program? Probably not. They're probably not going to get that far unless they continue through their college years, which some cadets can indeed, and I did it actually, continued in Civil Air Patrol actively through college. It is possible to do that. But the, on typically, the goal for them is is the Mitchell Award. That would be the goal, the, the which is halfway through the program. And it takes about a year, year and a half minimum to get that far. And that would include 
getting through the first two phases of the program, getting through the, the follower phase, getting through the first leadership phase, and also going to a Civil Air Patrol encampment. Uh, getting that Mitchell Award is is a real big milestone uh, in the program because the Air Force and I and you mentioned it uh, earlier about getting the Mitchell Award. I don't know exactly how the Army looks at it, but I can tell you that if someone was to enlist in the Air Force, they would come out of basic training as an E3 as opposed to a normal E2, and they would have that because they got the Mitchell Award in the Civil Air Patrol. So right. it's, it's the award where you become a cadet officer. Right. And the Mitchell Award is, is specifically noted on the Army ROTC interview sheet. I do know that the uh, Air Force uh, makes the uh, Mitchell uh, a milestone award. And so that you're right. I mean, that is uh, something that is acknowledged by uh, the services and they understand the uh, the importance and the, the achievement that the Mitchell uh, is for Civil Air Patrol cadets. And if a cadet also happens to be in junior ROTC in, in high school, they can actually progress through the ranks even at a faster rate. So if a cadet joins at the age of 16 and they've been in junior ROTC in high school, they have the potential of actually getting to the Mitchell in as little as eight months. Well, that's that's good to know because we may have some listeners who are doing a junior ROTC in their in their high school and may be uh, also interested in uh, in Civil Air Patrol. Right. We we do have many cadets who are in both, and it 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 definitely is possible. And I can tell you that one of the top cadets in the wing right now is a young lady who has excelled through the Civil Air Patrol program amazingly, and she got her first start in the junior ROTC program. So both are uh, great programs, and they're complementary to each other. Yep. I know having been in Civil Air Patrol for as long as you've been, John, uh, you've probably seen uh, your cadets go to ROTC, go to the service academies, enlist uh, in the military, when they come back and see you, what do they tell you that uh, about Civil Air Patrol that that help them prepare for uh, life as a, uh, a ROTC cadet, an academy uh, cadet or midshipman, or uh, as an enlisted uh, in the military? I'm so old that not only have I seen them go off to the Air Force Academy or other academies, I've seen them serve nine years in the military afterwards, get married, have kids, come back. <laughs> you know, I'm done with the military now. I served my my time and it was amazing. And uh, and now I'm ready for my next part. It, it just is a tremendous preparation. Approximately 10% of all of the cadets at the United States Air Force Academy are former Civil Air Patrol cadets. So as you've pointed out in your interview questions, and the Air Force is the same way, as I'm sure the Navy is as well, that they value Civil Air Patrol experience very highly. I've talked to cadets who've gone to the Air Force Academy and said, you know, the fact that I was in Civil Air Patrol gave me a leg up on all my other fellow students. I was already used to wearing the uniform. I was already used to marching. I was already used to calling people sir in the military customs and courtesies. So where the military could be a culture shock for someone who is, you know, just from the civilian world and and uh, now is all of a sudden in ROTC or in the academy or enlisted or whatever the case may be, Civil Air Patrol gives them that familiarity that 
you know, what might be a culture shock for one young person is old hat for another. Yeah, that's, you know, things like just wearing the uniform, Mm -hmm. marching, you know, rank structure, like I talked, like, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, the Civil Air Patrol cadet program in high school gives them the ability to do that in a space that where you're patient and they learn at the rate that they can learn so that so that when they actually have to be under the pressure of you know performing at you know the academies or ROTC uh, or you know in as as an enlisted person they're ready you know so uh you know why not uh, get that experience in high school when when you know when you can learn at, at your own rate right one of the downsides of joining at 16 to 17, which I just want to warn somebody about. It's, it's, you know, we've already talked about how they may not have enough time to make it all the way through the program. But another thing that you have to realize is sometimes a 16-year-old brand new cadet might be being led by a 14-year-old. And so that's, that's a real neat uh, kind of thing that happens, both for the 14-year-old, because he has to now lead this 16-, 17-year-old brand new person who he sees as, he as someone senior to him. But so that it creates a whole neat – I say it's a negative, but it's really not. It's, it, the more I talk about it, it's, it's a really neat dynamic that happens, and, and it's, it's beneficial both for the uh, 14-year-old leader and the 16-year-old follower. So what attitude do you believe that a person who, say, is 16 years old and goes into civil arbitral, what kind of attitude do they need to have uh, when they go in and they're, say, facing a 14-year-old who's, like, say, a, a cadet officer at that point? What, what, would, you, what would be your advice to them uh, when they go to these uh, units? Be ready to learn and check your ego at the door. You know, sometimes people want to get into the military sometimes not not very often but sometimes it's you know cuz i can be on a power trip i can i can yell at people yeah you know, i think the whole drill sergeant thing looks really cool where i want to yell at everybody let's well, that may be part of the process but that's not the focus of the process so that 14 year old cadet should be treating that 16 year old cadet with the same dignity and respect that he would treat anybody else and the same goes for the 16-year-old cadet should treat the 14-year-old cadet as, as his, his uh, superior officer. Because even though he may only be 14 years old, he's got more Civil Air Patrol experience and does have something that he can provide. So it's a neat dynamic. So I apologize for saying that it's a negative thing. The more I really think about it, it's, it's a pretty positive thing. But it is something to look out for. Right. And so the person coming who's, say, a junior in high school needs to realize that they're uh, in a learning. They're going to learn how to wear a uniform, learn drill and ceremony, learn some things about leadership. And that's, I think, you know, the other thing that, you know, our listeners should be aware of is that this is supervised by a very responsible senior members who mm-hmm. make sure that uh, the cadets are uh, are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And uh, in the end, the senior member, uh, you know, I think, at least my experience with senior members in Civil Air Patrol when I was a cadet was the best of them do that kind of teaching, coaching, mentorship also. So I think someone who is a junior in high school can expect also to be uh, taught, coached, and mentored by, uh, by Civil Air Patrol senior members that are involved with the cadets. Exactly. And one other quick thing. I mentioned a young lady who joined Civil Air Patrol who was also in junior ROTC. 
And I said she did tremendously well in the Civil Air Patrol program. Part of the reason that is because of her junior ROTC background. She was actually given some leadership responsibilities even sooner than you typically would give a Civil Air Patrol cadet. So she didn't come in with an attitude. She came in with an, atti- with a, an attitude of wanting to help, wanting to help and teach and help others learn. And with that attitude, we said, oh, and you have this experience, great. You, you've only been here for three months at this point, but you can teach these cadets how to do these drill movements. And she did it, and it was successful, and she grew and grew as a leader and as a model cadet today. Right. And, um, you know, you mentioned about, you know, the the leadership. I mean, it's not just the leadership for the military, but you have leadership in the civilian world for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people in Civil Air Patrol. And, you know, the numbers are just staggering. You know, 10% of the Air Force Academy cadets are um, Civil Air Patrol. That is just, you know, a tremendously high number when you look at it overall. And so, you can see truly the impact that uh, Civil Air Patrol has uh, on cadets, on our future uh, leaders in the country, as well as, you know, providing the things you talked about earlier with emergency services, you know, aerospace education that, you know, helps our public understand um, those things uh, much better. So, so you know, obviously you and I are very excited about, you know, the Civil Air Patrol uh, program and, and what it's brought to our lives you know, there's a tremendous amount of activities that we probably just don't have time to, unfortunately, to get into today. But all of the different activities you mentioned, IACE, you know, the the International Air Cadet Exchange. I remember, you know, going to cadet officer school down at Maxwell Air Force Base. The encampment. I taught there, and I taught there in 2017. It was, it was that was that's my second favorite CAP experience was cadet officer school. Yes, that, that's an amazing place. Yeah, flying an aircraft and 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 doing all of those things. There's just and that's really, really exciting, uh, I think, you know, and like you said earlier, the ability to be able to do as much uh, in Civil Air Patrol or just simply attending the meetings on, um, you know, Tuesday or Thursday night, depending upon when it's offered, gives people and, you know, high school students or, you know, junior high school students, uh, middle school students, the ability to be able to uh, sample the program at their own rate and what they, uh, and at their own, um, kind of pace. Yes, absolutely. So good. John. I know that we, you know, you know, like you and I, I know we could probably go on for about three hours here talking about, you know, the impact of all of this, but again, mm-hmm. um, and it, maybe your listeners should know that you and I talked for 45 minutes before this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did because, you know, we were catching up on some of the things that have been going on with our lives and, and then, you know, kind of reminiscing about, uh, Civil Air Patrol and all the things that, you know, all the positive effects it had on our lives. So, so again, John, why don't we just review again, if you are a you know person who's interested in the art, the uh, Civil Air Patrol cadet program, how do they go about finding out about it and joining? Right. So I'm going to again say that the minimum age to join is 12. So if you have younger brothers and sisters, give this information to them as well. And you go to GoCivilAirPatrol.com, www.GoCivilAirPatrol.com. And there's a link there that says find a unit or unit locator. I should have looked at it to see exactly what the wording is, but it's pretty obvious. You can also find general information about the cadet program if you... Uh, look under the the programs menu bar. It says aerospace education, air leadership, or excuse me, aerospace education, 
cadet programs and emergency services. And if you click on cadet programs, there's you can find all kinds of detailed information about the cadet program in, in addition to just where to find a, a unit. So you can walk in there, maybe even more knowledgeable about Civil Air Patrol than the people that are going <laughs> to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, what is realistically you think is going to be the cost for uh, a typical cadet during a year uh, in Civil Air Patrol? That's a great question. The, the There is an annual dues, and that dues will vary from wing to wing. Okay, for example, here in Delaware, for a cadet, it's $30 a year. In other wings, it could be as much as 40 to 50 even $60 a year. But uh, that's probably about as high as it goes at $60 a year. Uh, so most likely it would be less than that. There's even some less than $30 a year in some wings. Um, so that's an annual dues. And then there are two different uniforms that the cadet must obtain. One is the Air Force Blues, which will cost in the average of $150. However, once this is a new thing that you're probably not aware of. Once a cadet completes their Curry Award, which is their first achievement, gets that first promotion, okay? Once they get that, they get a $100 voucher towards Vanguard Military. And that's where you can order the blues from. So out of that $150 uniform investment, 100 of it's going to be covered for you. Yeah. So that's that's a great help. And then the other uniform is ABUs, uh, Airman Battle Uniform, which is actually now the Air Force is moving away from that uh, uniform. But Civil Air Patrol is actually just coming into it. We're, we're uh, uh, transitioning out of the BDUs and into the ABUs. Um, and there are a lot of surplus places uh, and Army Navy stores, uh, Air Force bases that you can get used or slightly used or even new uh, uniforms for that. The the most expensive part of that might be the boots. The boots typically cost upwards of $100, but maybe the rest of the uniform might cost another 40 or 50 yeah. So maybe a couple hundred dollars for uniform parts. But also ask if the unit has any uniform supplies, because a lot of units get old, former cadets donating their uniforms here if anybody wants to use this to hear some free uniforms. So a lot of free uniforms are available. So sometimes a cadet might be able to join for not much more than that initial dues payment. Yeah. You know, um, I think some of the parents maybe listening to this are saying, wow, that's nothing compared to maybe some of the things I'm spending for my uh, child and, um, or, you know, young adult in, um, you know, in, in their sports and things like that. So it doesn't sound like it's really that expensive. Right. And, and then the, here's the, here's the great thing. If you want to send your kid away to summer camp for a week, it's what, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars for a week. Well, Civil Air Patrol encampment costs on average about two hundred, maybe two hundred and twenty-five dollars for a week, and that includes everything. No, it doesn't include the wow. uniforms, but includes uh, all the. And then we have scholarship information. We have the cadet employ, uh, cadet encampment assistance program, where if your family can't afford that, we can get that covered for you. So joining Civil Air Patrol and doing activities in Civil Air Patrol should never be prohibited because of I can't afford it. Because most wings, most squadrons, most uh, units all across the country will have ways for you to get those already low prices for our activities, even discounted even more uh, if necessary. John, that's uh, great. Um, you know, thanks. You know, that's that's fantastic. And I, I you know, I I would certainly encourage all of, of our listeners that, you know, to 
consider the Civil Air Patrol Cadet Program and all the things that are involved with it. So, so uh, John, thanks so much today for uh, joining uh, us at ROTC uh, Scholarship Podcast. We appreciate you taking out the time to talk uh, to our listeners. And, but wait, uh, I've got two more hours of stuff to go over. <laughs> well, you know, uh, if uh, you know, certainly um, what I can do is certainly uh, – you know, if, if we, any listeners want to uh, contact uh, me, uh, I can certainly uh, give them your uh, your your contact information if they have any uh, any further questions. And they can certainly visit sure. the website. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, John, thanks so much today. And, uh, you know, it was great to catch up with you. And thanks for uh, telling our listeners about uh, the Civil Air Patrol Cadet Program. My pleasure. Okay. Good to talk to you, Rob. Okay. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ROTC Scholarship Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please leave a quick review. If you have any questions or want more information about ROTC or our consulting services, please visit our website at rotcconsulting.com. Take care, and we'll see you next time.